I think what you're doing is great. I think this is great content. And I, I hope I hope you enjoy this and I hope the people on the show feel feel welcome and people listening. Like, you know, it's just it's just a good conversation. And I, I I don't know. Maybe it's inspirational, maybe it's not, maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not. But uh I think formats like this and not necessarily like in a platform or with an agenda, but just like good just, talks. Just it's, talking. Maybe it's just for us and it's yeah, good. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm going with the flow, and thank you, Falaron. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow. I have another special guest in the building with me. I literally say every guest is special because I truly believe that anyone... I was about to say, I was like, there's no way you're hitting that every time. <laughs> anyone who takes the time to sit with me, I truly appreciate it, and you are special to me. Um, I have a friend in the building, my friend Cameron Delano. McFarland. Delano, but yeah, yeah. Delano, fuck. Are you surprised that I knew your middle name? Did you know that I... I, I do my uh, research before I do these episodes. Yeah, no, I didn't know that you would know it. Uh, I like to use it as a trivia question, to be honest. Um, I don't know. It's, it's you know, middle name of a famous president. There's only, like, three that people know, and so people like guessing it sometimes. Is it bad that I... Oh, Franklin. Oh, I'm an yeah. idiot. I was, uh, yeah, oh, FDR. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, is it bad that I don't know what president it is? FDR. Okay, why did your parents, were they just big fans So my FDR? my dad's middle name is Kevin Delano, or his name is Kevin Delano, and my grandfather's name is Winston Delano. So your son's name will, middle name will also be Delano. Also be Delano. Okay. So Non-negotiable. First family, born. family tradition. Oh, first, firstborn. Firstborn son. Um, and my grandfather's name is Winston Delano. He was born during uh, World War II. And Winston Churchill was popular at the time. Okay. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, also popular at the time. He became Winston Delano McFarland. So became, everyone's always had a son in the event that yeah. you have, what if you have three girls? Not that I'm putting that on. I mean, which is not, that's not like a bad thing. But if you had three girls, would it be, would her, the, your firstborn daughter's middle name be Delano? Firstborn daughter would be, I have two younger sisters, so daughters are kind of a, such an interesting topic, I think. Um, <laughs> I I really love my sisters. I think it'd be difficult um, raising a girl first, um, like spoil them and all that stuff. Same with that, same that I do with my sisters. But um, yeah, no, Delano. I guess Delano would be safe for the first first son. Okay, fair enough. Well, again, I personally I want two boys and a girl, and I want boy girl boy or boy boy girl. So, got it. Yeah, there got you it, go. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of see what you're saying. With actually, no, I think obviously it's possible to raise a daughter first, yeah. but I do think I just want like the idea of like an older brother to like look out for them. That's yeah. thing. Yeah, but I definitely exactly. do want a girl. You know, you have siblings? Two older brothers, so three boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, before I come on, let me rewind thirty seconds. I like to always say before I start. Stop what you're doing. Like, subscribe, send this episode to a friend, comment on the YouTube, subscribe to the TikTok. Just, you know, there's a lot of good content that I think I'm putting out there. So just trying to build the fire. Yeah, you gotta base. do that. A, a little bit. But okay, Cam, um, before we dive into it, I want the people to know who, who Cam is. So how do we even meet? We met through work. You went to Stanford, played football there. What else is there for the people to know? That's a very broad question. But who is Cam before we dive into the topics of the day? Um, so I guess I like to start with my family. Um, probably the most important thing in my life. Um, I have 
you know, my parents live in Los Angeles. Uh, I got two younger sisters. Like I said before, the youngest one is still in high school. The older one is um, a senior now in college. Um, and we're actually going to see her uh, at some point. In Harvard, Yale. Harvard, two Yale. weekends from now. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my parent, my mom was born in, in Trinidad, my dad in Brooklyn, uh, but raised in Trinidad. And so uh, big West Indian background, big West Indian family. We used to spend our summer there um, growing up and just being kids. Um, went to, played football in high school, didn't really, my high school wasn't, known for football we're very small division 13 um, <laughs> yeah it, go, it, it does go there's that low there's I, that I, many divisions there's that many divisions in, in southern california look i love my high school and i had a, I had a i had an experience there um and my team we had a lot of athletes um but i had to like outsource how i was getting recruited i didn't start playing football until i was a freshman um in high school a lot of people did pop warner i started when i was a freshman um pretended to have a broken wrist um, and a concussion that freshman year, so I didn't have to play. Does Do people know this? Or are you breaking No, this right? is actually a, a fun fact. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, I, I definitely fractured my wrist, but it was so... It's something that I probably did 30 times in college, and, like, it, like we just play through that. Um, but freshman year, I was really scared. I'd only ever played flag football. I was pretty fast, not very big. I gained 30 pounds every year of high school. Whoa. Um, so I started at like 130, maybe, 120. Um, and Division 13, went to Orange County to play football. And that's kind of how I got recruited, um, doing that in some of the camps. But my my seven-on-seven team was uh, was pretty good. Um, and Any names that I would know? Um, DJ, uh, the starting quarterback for... I think he's at Oregon State. Now. Oh, DJ, you, 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 uh, Lele. Yeah, that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy. Uh, he was our quarterback, and then um, Bryce Young was a year below us. Heard, um, heard of him? Yeah, yeah. He's, he was pretty. He's pretty good. He's also Pasadena, so um, that's I, I'm. I've always been happy for him. Always been rooting for him. Um, and then we played against like Amon Ra and Osiris, like those guys. I I was playing with the it was like a Servite, Bosco, Modern Day hybrid team. Um, like each of those teams had their own seven-on team, and everyone that didn't play for their own school would play for our team. But- Amon Ra is, he's been the most productive on my fantasy team this year, so shout out to him. I have DeAndre Hopkins. He was on my bench when I lost. He had 34 points. I lost the game by two points. I'm one and seven in the league, won the first game. I've lost every game since. Not looking forward to my punishment. So this is a high school or a- it's actually uh, friends from college. Wow, okay. yeah, bunch of yeah friends from college. So not doing too hot in there. But a couple of things you said. First question: the L.A. versus New York City debate. As someone who grew up there, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, and you want to end up back on the West Coast, am I right? I w- yeah, I would like to. You would like, to, like to end up on the West Coast. General, after you've li- we've all lived here for around a year and a half, almost two years. When you compare the two and you look at the two, what are some things that you'd say you prefer over one over the other? Um, I think the density of New York is very attractive. Um, being able to go outside and walk from one place, like it's just a very walkable city. Um, I love public transportation. It's something I'm super passionate about, urban infrastructure. And 
New York is amazing. Like in the grand scheme of the world, it's not the best, but it's the best that we have in the U.S. And so uh, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, population density, uh, meeting interesting, driven people. Um, I don't know if, you know, I have really enjoyed connecting with a lot of people in New York. You, um, your roommates, Charles, like just some of these people that I didn't really have access to in the other phase of my life. I love my friends from college, love my friends from high school, but it's very different. Um, I connect with you guys in a much deeper level, I would say, um, just because of our similar familial backgrounds. Um, Los Angeles, on the other hand, is home. It always will be. I think that Pasadena is... I don't know if I would live in Pasadena. How far is Pasadena from LA? Because one so, thing about me, my California geography overall is horrible. Yeah, real. I, real. No, no Cal, so like I, I don't know. It's all the same to me. Real, so how real. far is Pasadena uh, from LA? Pasadena is probably, it depends on what you consider LA. It's 15 minutes from downtown LA. It's 45 minutes from Santa Monica. Um, and so depending on Santa Monica's beach, right? And I, I, you were just there, so I know you know that. Um, but in terms of geography, like we are very much Northeast LA, right outside of the LA uh, school district. And so um, it's very tangentially connected. I would say that I don't think I would live in Pasadena specifically. It's a very insulated community. Um, but Los Angeles is just attractive for one West Coast. Being by the beach is important to me and my family. Um, and just like being an island man, like <laughs> that's, that's just, that's just, that's pivotal. That's pivotal. Um, like a real beach, you know, not whatever they have here. Um, I mean, I, I, fine. I don't claim New York beaches, but as a guy who's from Jersey, Jersey, the Jersey Shore, I think the TV show skews a lot of people's idea yeah, man, of what, what the Jersey beaches are, but Jersey does have good beaches. But everybody's perception is of the Jersey Shore, except for Jersey. Except for people who live in Jersey and right. from Jersey. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Which is, it's a shame that that's the way it is. But people here at Jersey Shore, they think Snooki, J.O.L. Yeah, exactly. All that shit. But no, there's there's a lot more to Jersey and a lot more wholesome, nice beaches, okay. things to do. Is Avalon? Is that a place? Avalon, yes. Yeah, like Belmar's one we used to go to a lot. I've never been to like Spring Lake, New Jersey, but I hear that's like a really nice one. Okay. People compare to like the Hamptons. So there's wow. just, oh, there's, okay. there's, yeah, nice, no, there's, nice, there's nice beaches in Jersey. That's real. Um, but yeah, I'd like to end up back in LA. Okay, that's fair. And I was just curious because I was someone who, as we've said a few times now, me, Grant, we went there a few, Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. That's my second time in LA. First time going was way back sophomore summer of high school. My brother was doing a med program at USC okay. Medical School. So we all visited him for a few days. And on that visit, it was a family trip. We did a bunch of touristy stuff. I was literally, what, like 16, 17 years old, so mm -hmm. couldn't actually have any type of real fun. So much traffic. I didn't realize how massive it was. In my mind, LA was Manhattan. Oh, my, no. It, oh, oh, no. Oh, I mean, obviously, yeah. now I know this. Yeah. But back then, I was like, why is this place so big? Um, so I didn't love it. But then after this time around, going as an adult with friends, with money, mm -hmm. being able to have a different type of fun, mm -hmm. There was something about LA that did appeal to me. I do still, I still dislike how big it is. Yep. I wish it was, I like the size of Manhattan, like you said, and how yep. densely populated it is. And I will say something did feel very, not fake, but like, 
Everyone, look. You talk to someone. You pu- you pull up their Instagram. Everyone has like thirty thousand followers. Okay. There's some sort of influencer. I'm like, where's the regular people with like two thousand followers? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's real. That's that's kind of why we wait to go back to LA. Um, and we you know build not build a network, but you you find a community here that moves with you, and somehow you all end up in LA. I think going there just raw, like right out of high school or right out of college, is very difficult. Um especially when you don't know people and you're seeing it, it, it can be superficial. I think a lot of people associate LA. I mean, just same with Jersey shore, like with Hollywood and mm-hmm. even Calabasas for some reason. And I think if you break it down, like there are pockets of great communities in LA that you just need to find yours. And I think that it just becomes your, your, your access to, to a, it's a completely different lifestyle. It's just your access to nature, your access to, um, just people it's a different type of person out there it's different it's much more calm it's much more relaxed and that's fair and we stayed in in where we say silver lake which i was pleasantly surprised by yeah yeah pleasantly pleasantly surprised by we things were walking distance we could walk to like the grocery store we walked to brunch one day one of the nights out we actually walked out and then walked home very peaceful it was so that it was an area where i was like i could see myself staying um, we stayed with one of Grant's friends, shout out Nate, and okay. we, the, just like the space that he has is not something you can really get here, and like it just... Oh, I mean, we didn't, we haven't even talked about a backyard. Yeah. Like, that concept is so far removed from New York. Like, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in some places in Williamsburg, but... True. Brooklyn is where you'll, and you're a big Brooklyn guy. But I mean, I say all this to say, LA is a place where I, for, that young me didn't think I could do. But after going there and staying there for a short amount of time and seeing a different side of it, it was pleasantly surprising. We're bringing it back to the city that we do live in now, the great New York City. Right before we started recording, you said this was your 23rd coffee. Why do you know the exact number of coffee that it was? So I don't drink coffee. Uh, my dad, my sister, my grandmother, they're all big coffee drinkers. Um, I don't really like the idea of being stimulated to the point sometimes can be incapacitating. And so I, I don't know. I've just had a negative association with coffee my entire life. My dad used to get migraines when he didn't drink it. My grandmother, I used to hide her coffee when I was a kid. Um, because I was like, I don't, you know, I thought it, cause she said when she didn't have it, it was a migraine. So I was like, Oh, she's addicted. I need to like, make, <laughs> need to make sure that she doesn't her, have her it. Addiction, yeah. And, and, and dude, this is like eight year old me. And she, she was living with us and she would get so mad. Um, and I'm just pissing off this, like, you know, whatever, 60 something year old woman. That's uh, crazy to be hiding your grandma's coffee. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I knew, I know exactly where I hit it every time. She'll still bring it up sometimes. Um, and so I drink tea a lot. Okay, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tea guy too. Yeah, green tea, um, a lot of that, and matcha. Um, Post Japan, I've been a very big proponent of matcha. He's a world traveler, guys. He was just in Japan. Yeah. Um, but did yeah. you go? Oh, I already asked you. But did you go golf go karting on the streets? I keep seeing that on TikTok. No, we Twitter. we saw that happening, and I was like, "Damn, that looks a little corny." But to be honest, you we were just was- so we we're just so jam packed. It's so crowded. Like you guys are. You, it, the go-karting takes up the whole street and it's just so crowded and you're running into people, people look upset. Um, and it's just, I don't know, there was so much more that I wanted to do in Japan. And it's like the only place, it's truly the only place I've wanted to go my entire life. And 
Yeah, no, it was an amazing trip, which we could talk about. I was about to say, you know, let's talk, let's talk about it now. What did you, what did you, do, what did you get to in Japan? For anyone who might be going to Japan, what is there to do? Since yeah. you're obviously against go-karting, what else should the people be doing? I don't know. It's a very different experience for me. I've been obsessed with Japanese culture for a long time, not in like a... Are you an anime guy? I have. Wait, is, wait, don't, is anime, is anime Japanese? Anime is Japanese. Okay. Anime is Japanese. I started, <laughs> I started watching, um... The Boondocks and Avatar, and then like went through the Ghibli movies and. Okay, another sorry, another follow up question. Is everything that is animated considered anime? No, just Japanese animation is considered anime. Okay, Western. so why'd you bring up the Boondocks? Because that's a gateway to cartoons to cartoon anime. But, truly, like yeah, it's, but it's then you can so say any, but then you can say any cartoon. Oh, the Boondocks drew the, drew, the Boondocks drew a okay, lot of inspiration I didn't know that. From, okay. from anime and Avatar significantly like even more so okay um and you could talk i could talk about the create the creators like mentioned it many times avatar is truly one of my favorite shows of all time i think it's very well done the boondocks is up there as well um so i watch ghibli movies and then um when you go to japan definitely go to the museum if you're interested um there's it's the museums are beautiful the temples um i can't pronounce most of them but um definitely i think it's the kizo kizuno uh, Mayoki, I don't. Sounds right. Somebody to me. knows, but it's in Sounds Kyoto. Right to me. Yep. It's in Kyoto. It's on. A, it's a climb. Go to the uh, the the bamboo forest, um, the golden shrines or the the orange shrines, all all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It was just it was it was an amazing trip. Go clubbing. Go to Se La Vie. Um, I went to the the. There were two um, employees from my team that took me out, and I had an amazing time, and it was truly just. It was a really, and all my friends were there. It was my birthday. Like, great trip. Great trip. Fair enough. Where else is on, now that you've knocked out the number one on your buck travel bucket list, where else? What's, India. What else is up there? India. India. Okay. Jaipur. I want to do wedding season so badly. Do you have a lot of Indian friends? Um, Okay, so which well, is which is a problem, which is yeah, that's okay. a fundamental problem. Because you said I, you want to do weddings, and I was like, oh, that made it sound like you have a lot of Indian friends who will take you to weddings. No, no, I just need to figure out how I'm gonna get over there. Okay. I just I've seen it on in documentaries. I've had you know a series of friends um, in previous formats of my life that have told me about wedding season. Um, one of my sister's closest friends at Harvard, um, she and I talk about this, you know regularly um in our conversations and i've just well, i've wanted to go you, you should know? go to her wedding Leah, uh, i will go to your wedding there you go so you do you do have someone how does it i mean you probably don't know this but i would have sounds like it compares to nigerian weddings and nigerian wedding season and so you have a lot of nigerian friends so i think that you'll definitely get you'll yeah get, you'll yeah, get involved in, yeah. you'll get you'll yeah, get in no, the i am really looking forward <laughs> to that that to answer your question that india but that's nigeria, nigeria. we need to we Again, it's it's so funny because I know you know our friends like, and it just in general, people are very much so like they throw out sixty five different trips that they want to do. We the, 70, the Alexis Ghana like Alexis. I hope you're listening. December, yeah, and yeah. our friend Alexis. Anytime we meet up with her, she has a different location that she's saying we need to travel to. Yeah, it's there's been like thirty five locations put out there at this point. Until I see motion on one, I'm not believing anything she says. Alexis, I hope you're listening. Please put something in motion. But exactly. Uh, but I say that to say, Nigeria is one that I think is actually very feasible. Mm-hmm. We lot, have a lot of Nigerian friends. Places we would know what to do. We, like, it would, it, that's a, tr- it's, 
to make a long story short, it's yeah. feasible. Yeah. I think we need to try for December of next year. <laughs> we try to plan for December of this year and like a month and a half's notice, which is not enough time because nah, tickets get way too expensive. So that's what I think we could very much so make happen. I'm putting it out there in the world. December 2024, we will be there. And I'm not there. the, I don't, I'm not, no matter what, we will be there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the type to just like, I hate, one thing about me, I hate like talkers, like just yeah. do it. Yeah. Just like someone book a flight, book an Airbnb, yeah. put things in motion. So stop all the chatter, just make shit happen. And so this is me trying to hold myself accountable. That's what, that's what we did for Japan. That's what I did for Trinidad. I'm going there in February for Carnival. Um, and it's just like, I, I was booking, I booked the flight on, I think I was in the office. It was like two or three. It was some like delir delirious time in the office, like in the morning. It's the best time to do it. Just and I just, just go like, for it. I was yeah. just like hammer it. I woke up the next morning. Um, I was like, is this still a good idea? Yeah, it is. We go. Um, and last thing about Japan, food. What was the food like? Oh, food was amazing. I'm recently getting into sushi. Yeah, food. It, again. Did you did you have sushi previously? Or is this like a new So me and sushi. I've tried sushi in very one-off instances over the course of the last five, six years. But it'll be like maybe you're at a dinner and someone orders sushi and you try a piece. Uh, or you're at some like wedding and there's sushi and you try a piece. So I've eaten sushi. The rolls, though. The, yeah, the rolls. Okay, got but it. I've never taken the time to actually figure out what I like sushi-wise. Yeah. But I've been trying to do that, over the, honestly, in the last few months. And I'm pleasantly surprised. I say I like shrimp tempura, but people say that's so basic. But I'm like, I don't care. You need to start somewhere. Yeah, so really I'm, good. yeah, and it's so and it's, it's so, good. so good. So I, I'm pretty sure I like sushi. A lot of the the stuff that we do with clients, it's always going out to get food, and it always ends up being sushi. So that's yeah. also forcing me yep. to one learn how to use chopsticks. I was always proficient, but I was never that good. So now I have to get better, mm -hmm. and also trying to figure out what I like sushi wise. So long way to say. I'm in the beginning process of my sushi journey. I want to try the omakase. 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 Yeah, I was about to suggest that. That's yeah. what. That's the next thing that I want to do um, on this sushi journey that I'm on. Yeah, I think, to answer your original question, um, Japanese sushi, obviously amazing. <laughs> birthplace of it. Going to the Tsukiji fish market. I, again, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but... Fish market was an amazing time. It's fresh fish. Five in the morning, uh, the stalls go out and they uh, get what the fishermen caught. Um, and then they serve it to you that day. Um, highly recommend consuming Japanese food. It's very cheap. It's very, um, it's everywhere. It's good. <clears throat> and I think it's good for you. I just think food in America is not very well processed. Um, Duh. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Some of the things that you'll see, there will be some things that you see on so I'm not really on TikTok, but Twitter, I'll see a lot of TikToks on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you will see the food combinations that people are eating, and you wonder why there's an obesity problem, and why oh. so many people aren't healthy, and Dude, why- I eat six times a day in Japan, like all carbs and random, you know, and I was, I lost 10 pounds since being there. Yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, so you don't, American food is very unhealthy. Yeah. Japanese food sounds like it's a lot more healthy. Amazing. I would yeah. say- Japanese food in New York is actually not that far off. Like Japanese food in New York and Los Angeles is not that far off. I think if you get sushi, even in San Francisco, it's, a, it's you know, tiers below. But New York has pretty good access to. Hey, man, we're doing a sushi or Japanese dinner. You're, yeah. You, you yeah, organize. Yeah, yeah. We're doing brunch after this because, um, you know, boys, hashtag boys who brunch. Love brunch, bottomless brunch. But um, 
you're organizing a Japanese you're a Japanese dinner so I can again help put me on even yeah. if it's omakase whatever it is blah 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 but okay bringing it back to one of the original things I said Stanford football first question would you let your and we've talked about how you hopefully get have a son one day yep. would you let your son play football no um <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> yeah that's such that an easy quick. answer you know if if uh i don't know media is interesting now that you know this will last in perpetuity and eventually he'll see this um no shout out to you something delano mcfarland um, to this 20 however many years in the future yeah, yeah. <laughs> no um football is i don't know unless you're so passionate i was never that passionate about football um and unless you are, you, like you, you. It's funny because one of our captains said this, but you truly need to be a little crazy to want to do it, um, and to wake up every morning, you know, whatever time they demand, and just put your brain on the line, um, put your body on the line yeah, for a payout right. that is, you know, so slim. And I had a great time um, playing football. I romanticize it at, at certain times, but I enjoyed the friends that I made and the skills that I that I learned uh both athletically and emotionally um but it takes a significant toll that like socially um it takes a significant so toll socially um and physically that and emotionally that I don't know if I want to put my son through that like you grow up so quickly doing that you don't you don't really have time in school to socialize and to you know um go out for the majority of the year um and you don't you don't have time to do internships i mean if you're it depends if you're doing um whatever division one versus anything else like you probably have time in the summers but like our summers are dominated by football our winters are not like we just we're always on campus my freshman year i went home twice um i went home two days for christmas so uh, christmas eve and christmas day and later that day i was on a plane to el paso um and then i went home for spring break damn um and that was it um oh and then we got a week in the summer so so not a lot basically no. year round it's, it's just a commitment and yeah it's, it's a commitment it's just a commitment and even some so to look at the numbers and i mean what this is a random website but i'm gonna trust the numbers anyway it says there are around 1.1 million football players to compete in high school only 6.5 percent get a chance to play ncaa d1 two or three and of those that are lucky enough to make it to college football, only 1.6 makes it to the NFL, where there are 1,700 players in total. 53 roster, roster spots for 30, 30 teams, I believe. Yep. So basically, it's very hard it's to very make hard. it in the NFL. That much harder to make it. I mean, we're not talking about basketball, but that's also really hard. Yeah. We're talking about football. So, yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I my parents never let me play football. Yeah. We moved from Nigeria when I was nine years old. I really, really, really wanted to play. Really? I Oh, try, to this day, I maintain that I would have been an elite wide receiver or an yeah. elite cornerback. Is there evidence to prove otherwise? No. So I'm right, keep right, saying, right, right, right. You can <laughs> so, rock with that. So I'm rocking with you that. Rock for, with I'm that. rocking with yeah. that forever. Yeah. I would have been an elite receiver. Really wanted to play so badly. I remember we lived, when we first moved, we lived with my cousin. Shout out Bamish. He played football. We like would go to his games. It just it looked fun. We would like throw the ball around. I had a little arm on me. I could cat like I'm. I've always been like an athletic enough kid that yeah. I would have been able to hold my own. 
So really wanted to play. I would always beg my parents, but it was always a firm hell no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I couldn't I couldn't play until I got like my dad wouldn't let me play until I got to high school. And then um I was just playing baseball and soccer the whole time and flag football. But um yeah, no, I I maybe it's just the immigrant parent. I don't I know. Th- I, I think I think I I think so. I definitely think so. There are obviously there are immigrants who let their kids play football and it makes it the NFL, but I would say for the I'm very willing to make that generalization that immigrant parents, they come, they see the sport, and they're like, absolutely what not. Do you, what do your parents we, do? Um, neither of them are doctor. No, neither of them are doctors. They were both lawyers in Nigeria. They both wanted me in my... They wanted me to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know this well, but I was like, I'm not... It's it's not for me. I was mm-hmm. pre-med. My oldest brother's a doctor. They get You're one... pre-med? I was pre-med for a year and a half. I, I was in it. I did... Two semesters of Gen Chem, one semester of Orgo, two semesters of Physics. I did the math requirements. I was damn near there. Dude, I just had to do. Killed. I just had to do Biochem and one more semester of the second semester of Orgo, and I. Yeah. I might be missing one or two, but I was, I was damn near. Yeah. There. Um. But yeah, that was not the direction that I wanted to to go in my life, and so I yeah switched out of that. Was that? You did an internship at GS. Um. Freshman and or sorry, sophomore and junior, just junior, junior summer. summer. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know how I find myself there, but I'm there. You know, yeah. it pays it pays the bills. Yeah, it does. Um, but okay, wait, I was gonna. I had a question off of the back of the football. Football. Oh yes, flag football in the 2028 Olympics. What are your thoughts? Um, I think we need to take it seriously. I mean, I don't know. Uh, like I like the expansion of the NFL. Um, theoretically, I like um, mar- global marketing and how sports improves globalization. Now, some people may argue that globalization is a bad thing, but I do think that sports connects people, whether it's the World Cup or uh, the Olympics, um, you know, or World Cup in soccer, um, cricket, or whatever. Um, and then also F1, like just these international global sports that have really taken over. And um, back to flag football, like if the U.S. doesn't win, something's wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> like there's really no other way to put it. I know there's a great Nigerian team. One of my friends are Is there? teammates. They can put – there's Bobby uh, Buwap. Um, he's the captain of the Giants right now uh, on defense. And – I don't know. I, I think no, honestly, I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's going to be good at flag football. But the dude has ridiculously long arms. He is a great leader, and I think that he could put something together. Paulson Adebo, also cornerback um, for the or nickel for the Saints. Um, and those are just two Stanford guys. Like I know that Nigerians can pull together a team. Honestly, you're right. Because what you're right. There are actually a lot of Nigerians in the league. But although I feel like it'll be one of those things where I feel, the Nigerian Olympic Committee, I feel like, is very disorganized. Mm. You see this through basketball a lot where yeah. our team is way more talented. There is so much talent in the country, but for whatever reason, it just can never come together well. Their jersey sponsor is like Peak. No disrespect to Peak, but we should at least have like a Nike sponsorship or something like that. At least the, Puma. At, 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 at least, least Re, Puma. At least Reebok. <laughs> At least Reebok. So it's yeah. it's actually insane. So I have zero faith in whatever committee to put a team together. But I do think, one, you're right. Globalization. It is a it is a cool thing to bring the sport to other parts of the world. Yeah. There's literally NFL games in Germany this weekend. Yep. There were some in London. Yep. They've done some in Mexico City. So that is a very... I think it is cool to bring the sport to the global stage. And 
the NFL, Roger Goodell, is actually encouraging NFL players to participate. So I do think the NFL or the the USA will blow everyone else out of the country, yeah. out of the world. I'm, I pulled up some tweets where when that announcement first came out, there were some of the funniest quote tweets when it's it was put out that Roger Goodell was encouraging NFL players. Yeah, There was one tweet that said, I'm sorry, but the thought of Jamar Chase running a nine route against a Lithuanian <laughs> elementary school teacher in the Olympics has me dying. And there's some others that aren't PC, so I'm not going to say them on yeah. here. But, like, it's just... The idea is hilarious. Yeah, like, no, you, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of, it's tough. But then some people really go in touch. Like, you know, my sister played uh, for the Trinidad national team. And, you know, I think that people will really go to places where they can find success mm -hmm. um, and where they can find starting spots. And if everybody tries out for the U.S., some people don't make it. I mean, there are only seven, well, I don't know how they're doing flag football, but theoretically there are only seven spots or 14 per team. You know, you have however many subs, so call it 25. 25 for how many 700 NFL players or 1,700 NFL, whatever whatever you said? Uh, Yeah, what I said. Um, 1,700, yeah. Yeah, 1,700. You know, people are going to find other places that they can play. They always do. Great point. True. Let's like Jordan Clarkson playing for the Philippines. Like, you have like Serge Ibaka who played for Spain. And again, obviously, I can't speak to what everyone's heritages and what they identify with. But black people but I would, would claim something. But yeah, but I would, yeah, but I would assume if Jordan Clarkson could play for the USA, yeah. he would be. So right, right. there would be there would be very, something very similar done for the Olympics. Yeah. But I'm just it's I think it's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Patrick Mahomes says he wants to play. Just the again, the idea of these elite NFL athletes. No, Jay Chizzy running a nine against a Lithuanian like elementary bro. school teacher. Yeah, the some I'll send you some of the tweets after the ones that I don't want to read out here because this is a like Everyone's this is a very welcoming show. We don't yeah. we don't touch on things that aren't inclusive and just bring the people together. But I will send you send you those tweets offline. Um, so that back to Stanford college football. What are your thoughts on the conference realignments that have all now officially gone down? Basically, yeah. Um, I think I feel sorry for some of the kids um, in other sports specifically. I think it's a product of Stanford football um, and just what it has become. And not even, I don't know, that's probably a self-centered way to think about it. I think it's more SC and UCLA and maybe it's just the LA superficial, egotistical type of, type of kids and that are and, and athletic program. But I think it's a failure on um, the other athletic departments in the conference for letting something like this even, you know, be a concept. Um, and... I really feel bad for, you know, baseball, um, women's soccer. I mean, it will be competitive for women's soccer, so I guess, uh, you know, happy for for those people. Um, but, you know, football, it, like, it disrupts your life. It really, really disrupts the flow of your life. Fresh Trying to do mechanical engineering, traveling to, like, to play football is very difficult. You leave, especially if it's on the other coast, and that's why we try to get our um, – non-conference games in early early yeah. um like when we went to ucf that was before school starts um and so but it's just when you go to ucf or notre dame you leave on wednesday or thursday night wednesday night you're there thursday acclimating you practice there friday you play on saturday you come back saturday at you know you land because of the time difference at whatever midnight 1 a.m um and then you're just supposed to do your work that you've had for wednesday thursday friday sat like 
it's it's just very disruptive. You're Doing that for every sport is so difficult. Yeah. It's going to be so expensive. It's set up for failure. The I'm, ACC? As, are yeah. you kidding me? We couldn't get further. Yeah, we couldn't get further. Um, but you know, I I feel I just I really, I really feel for those guys. Um, but I guess it'll be competitive. You know, happy to have some new rivalries. Uh, playing Duke will be interesting. Playing uh, SMU every year will be interesting. I guess. Um, so, I. It is a failure on the athletic departments for letting this happen, but I don't think it's the worst. I'm just glad that they get to play at the end of the day. That you know? they figured something out for some, especially I think Stanford, and then there were two other schools who I think there actually might be two schools still who haven't found a new conference. Yeah, Washington State and Oregon State. I think. Yeah, that that sounds right. But when it all comes down to money and the TV deals mm -hmm. and the deals that the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big Twelve were signing. I can't find the article right now, but I remember seeing some article about how the Pac-12 commissioner in the league basically had a chance to sign some sort of deal. Yeah. Wouldn't have been a mega deal like the others, but something that would have been able to keep the conference together. But yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it is a failure on their part to not be able to evolve with the times. Yeah. And they just announced the Big 12 or the Big 10 football schedule for 2024. Yep. And kind of like you said... UCLA, they will be traveling to Penn State on October right. 5th and to Rutgers on October 19th. Right, right. The what fact we... that a UCL, UCLA has a conference game against a Rutgers, just, I can't even fathom that. That's crazy. That. That they're makes... flying into JFK or that... wherever they're flying. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it is, especially on top of what you just said, which, again, I was in a college athlete, so I don't think about these things, or I didn't have to. Your whole schedule is disrupted. You go to a school like a Stanford, you are there again, for the most part, for the academics. If you're not coming into with some dreams of going to the NFL, you're trying to get your degree, you're trying to actually learn. If you happen to be good enough to be on a sports team, that's just an amazing experience. But you're definitely not set up to succeed with the type of schedules that you have. And this is just going to make it that much worse for people. Even, like, my friends, because, again, Princeton was, like, 20% student athletes, so I had a lot of friends who were athletes. They didn't even travel a ton, but even that schedule is still so demanding on yeah. them. If they traveled, it might be over a break. It might be before, this, before the school's, uh, school year starts. But I've, I lived with athletes. I saw what their schedule was like, having to do school on top of it. It's, yeah, I think these... They're not setting the students up for the student athletes up for success. And it's a shame that money's driving it all. But at the end of the day, money talks, money drives look, 99% of things that yeah, we do in society. Yeah, yeah. But look, if, if, you know, because a lot of this coincided with the, the NIL. Um, and if. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? You thought you, you think you'd have got the bag if you were at Stanford? Uh, I think I can probably talk to sponsors and I am. Uh, I could negotiate something, but. Honestly, I after my sophomore year, I don't think there was a lot of room for me to, you know, engage with with NIL conversations. I had a very difficult sophomore season, um, and it, and then COVID happened, and then senior year I stopped playing, and so I think, like I I got, I got two concussions my sophomore year, and that just kind of set me up for failure, um, and it it was very difficult to recover from that, uh, and. So I don't know if NIL would have worked out for me, but I think that Stanford and NIL should make so much sense, but nobody really cares. And people need to pay. We have donors, but people don't really pay attention um, like they should. And I think that if we can, if this garners more NIL attention, I think that 
it will be more productive for the students. Um, and some of them will get jobs or some of them, it, it just, it needs Stanford's Stanford football players and the, the department need to expand the network, uh, which like for the NIL and for, for said differently, it's very difficult for a Stanford football player um, to just work in general and to find a job after like, cause we're, we're, we're a great football school, historically speaking. We're a great academic institution, but Stanford football right now, you're in somewhere, you're in this limbo in between. And so I think it's difficult for people to make it to the NFL at this stage and our, uh, you know, down cycle. And I think it's difficult for people <laughs> down to... Down cycle. Yeah, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's difficult for people to, to get a job because they're so focused on um, the NFL. And it's not until the NFL doesn't, like... It, it Work out that you start, that to, you start to think about yeah. it. And so I think that if we... If we're better connected with some of our donors um, who have, like, the people that came out of Stanford are some of the most well-connected people it's in, Stanford. in Silicon yes. Valley. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it should not be that difficult. Um, but some people are still struggling to find work and they don't know what to, they want to do. They come out confused. And um, I think if this realignment has people paying closer attention um, and improves NIL, improves um, just the connectivity of the Stanford football players, then... I think it'll be a good thing. Gotcha. And I mean, overall, I do think NIL is better for college football. I think of instances where, like, there was the the Utah, the University of Utah, their entire football team, I think every scholarship player got a Jeep, something like that. Oh. I'm thinking of things where, even if you're not the star player, there should yeah. be, I think there should be people at the donor level looking out for the entire team and doing things like this. Yeah. Not necessarily that everyone needs a Jeep. If I was like, if I got the Jeep, I'll probably just sell it because, like, I, what if you already have a car? That right. sort of thing. Right. But I do think that the hope is that due to the larger TV deals, there's more money that's able to go to the players. Right. They're able to benefit from the NIL somehow. And I guess that's that's all you can hope for. And it's funny because I remember talking to some of my... I actually might have spoken about this on one of the episodes when I was still on campus and I had my friend on the basketball team on. Either we had the conversation on the podcast or off, but I remember some of the athletes saying that the athletic director was very against NIL and was trying to discourage mm. everyone from actually even having deals. Yeah. Is it, was that how it was where they're actually discouraging deals or it's just harder to actually find the deals? It's just, we had no idea what was happening. Like we, when, when I was there, that was the beginning of NIL and mm -hmm. no, everybody was just very confused. Um, the, the program was very, they didn't really know how to incorporate it into Stanford. Um, and I think that it just, it generally just didn't integrate. Um, yeah. And so I don't know what it's like now. I think some people got, um, attention some people got their 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 nil money but um just overall no it, it wasn't discouraged it just okay it just wasn't actively encouraged the way it should have been got it and again you look at a school like a duke where i love duke duke for me is always it was always my dream school when we moved from nigeria my mom went to duke law school so it was the mm -hmm. first school that i ever knew in the country i to this day like i'm a duke fan for everything yeah they hired this happened like when was this over a year ago on June seventh, June seventh, twenty twenty two, but they hired someone, Rachel Baker, okay. who she used to work for Nike and she used to work for the NBA, and she was supposed to focus on NIL deals for players. Yeah, that is the attitude that I think most schools should have towards it. Yeah. You should try to find someone to again help all these players get these deals, 
maximize and squeeze out as much money as they can before most of them don't go pro and they yeah. have to go do a nine to five or a seven to seven or whatever other type of job. But again, all these schools, they think for the most part, they like to push academics first, obviously. But realistically, based on what you just described, most people are athlete students, <laughs> not yeah. student athletes, yeah. due to just the nature of the schedule and the time that you don't have to socialize and to do anything else and the fact that you're always prepping for for your sports. Right. Um, but at your time, during your time at Stanford, what do any games stand out to in particular um, that were part of, particularly exciting to be a part of? Who are the best players you played against? Just that sort of thing. Um I'll say the best players I played with, um, or at least the people that I looked up to um, as athletes um, and just leaders and, and all that stuff. I thought Paulson, obviously, um, was one of the most athletic-looking kids I've ever seen. Paulson? Just Paulson Adebo. He's the, oh, yeah, uh, the nickel for the Saints. Um, it, the guy was just so smooth and made everything look so easy. Um and then uh, Bobby. I mean, it's easy to name these guys now that they're very successful in the NFL. But you know, some of the players that that were really transformative in my in my experience. Um, I just thought Bobby brought great energy every day, and um, he made it very easy to enjoy football. Even though when he was a senior, I was on scout team, and all he did was make my life hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still, you know, it's it's funny looking back on it but it was it sucked it sucked in the moment um but i i truly thought that i don't know at least he was looking out for me and um it, it was just a very positive experience i thought one of the most memorable games to play in and I, I didn't play all that much especially after um the concussions but um i played in the role i got to play in the rose bowl during covid um and that was not the actual bowl game, but mm -hmm. UCLA yeah, 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 just, the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's my, that's my backyard. Yeah. Um, and people make fun of me for you know being Pasadena and always associating it with the Rose Bowl, but um, I it was really special to me because that's something that I had always I'd grown up going to Stanford football games and watching them play in the Rose Bowl specifically, um, and being able to do that and be on the field and that was actually the game that I played the most and um, it was. I don't know. I just, it was it was a surreal moment for yeah. me, like being in the locker room, seeing all the name of the names of like the great, um, uh, like Rose Bowl MVPs in the in the locker room. It was um, that that was a special that was a special moment. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that is. I mean, obviously, even if I think just being a part of the team, even if you're not the star player, everyone would still get something out of the moment. So I yeah. don't think it matters that you may, maybe didn't play that much due to everything that you just said. You're on the field. You're in the locker room. You got the whole team experience. Um, yeah. Did Christian McCaffrey, did he ever come back? Did he, he went to Stanford, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he went to Stanford. Uh, he was two years ahead of me, or two years. He graduated two years before I started. Um, he came back every now and then because I was a running back. I met him a couple times. Um, but he, his mentality towards football was, he was very surgical about the whole sport. Um, and... You know, I think he was a great leader from what the older guys said, mm -hmm. um, but he was really focused. He was, and that's just the and focus, determine, um, you know, figure it out, fake it till you make it. All like had all the sayings down pat, and was just, like, <laughs> was just trained to do 
football and to be a football player. His dad went to Stanford. His dad was a good football player. I was about to say, I remember I listened to his, he, Super Bowl weekend last year, he was on part of my take, the Barstool podcast, and I remember him talking about how hard his dad was on him and how he had to, basically his dad, the way his dad trained him basically made him the way that he is. Yeah. So I know, I know what you're, what you're describing. Um, keeping it in the Pac-12, the, probably the biggest story. Well, they were in the, in the first month of the year before yeah. they died out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Colorado, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, would just in general, I mean, let's look at the first month of their season first, where they started 3-0. At that point in time, what do you think that that meant for the Pac-12 and for college football overall? I thought it was one of the most momentous. I mean, the Pac-12 was doing amazing this year. Um, A shame in their last year, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it really is. And I think Dion. I mean, my dad says this all the time, but Dion's a coach that we need in the Pac-12. It's great for black coaches everywhere. Um, still think it is. Um I still think the energy that he brings is exciting. Uh, it's probably difficult for, you know, walk-ons and um, non-star players to, to be a part of a program like that. But yeah. I do think that the energy is positive and it makes the sport more exciting. It makes the Pac-12 more exciting. Um, the boys back home beat him. And so that was... A, that oh, was yeah. That, co- that, that, that was... Stanford should not have won that game. <laughs> Absolutely they do. They, they win... Random games like that every single year. I'm saying Colorado had that. They were up by a lot. They had, I remember, because I remember watching the end of the game, Travis Hunter, or no, Shador Sanders missed a big throw that would have basically ended the game on fourth down. And then Travis Hunter just got dogged by that receiver. (laughs) Dog. Got dog. So, yeah, they lost that game, but that was a good win for Stanford. But Colorado, that was just an embarrassing. I mean, it was, it's difficult because it, it, diminishes what what coach prime has been doing um but i think that look i love that and i don't know anything about the coaching program or the the i don't know anything about the program right now i, I stopped by the hotel a couple times I, I went back and and saw some of the um the like hung out with some of my friends that are still there but um it's it is still a great feeling to win games that you that everybody counts you out of yeah um, and Stanford's always good for one of those a year. So yeah, maybe more. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it was it, they were the biggest story in sports, and that's one of those things where when they're winning, the hype is so real, oh, so, so palpable. Real. Yeah. I remember, like they again, the amount of celebrities that they brought out to to Colorado to go watch games. That was cool to see. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that I'm rooting for. I still want them to do well. It seems from again, I'm not like a football guy. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the sport. Mm-hmm. I don't know the intricacies and the details of what yeah. it takes to be a good college football team. From what everyone says and from what even Shador was saying himself, he was saying how the difference between playing at Jackson State versus um, playing at Colorado, mm-hmm. the talent and the skill positions are all there. Yeah. The, big, the big difference is in the O and D linemen. Yep. And from what everyone says, it just sounds like Stan- or <coughs> Colorado's O and D line is kind of trash. And yeah. They need to fix that up for next year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already overperformed, overachieved. They were projected to win one game. They won three in a row to start the season. They won, I think, one game last year. So they've already outperformed. I think he's that's the type of team and the type of person that people want to see him fail. And I always root for people like that. Yeah. Who just like society wants to see you fail for yeah. whatever like stupid reason, just because he is a big persona, a big character. So I personally I need to get a um I'm coming. I, I want to get some gear. The I'm coming sweatshirt that they have. Yep. Last time I looked at it, it was sold out, but I need to get my hands on one. But it's a cool story. 
I think once he does more recruiting and shores up some more parts of the team, they will be a more formidable opponent. But for right now, the rest of the season, it just looks like they'll, they'll be average, which they were trash last year. So yep. average is still a step a step in the right direction. Yep. Yep. I, 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 we don't need to spend too much time on this, but one thing I want to say is offensive line, it starts with the front seven. Like, it, it really it just everything starts with the offensive and defensive line. Um, like quarterback pressure changes the whole game, makes it easier for every other position. Having a quarterback with time that can throw makes it easier. And I will say that our offensive line, when I was there, um, there were five. They started as sophomores um, due to injuries, and they all they played together until they were seniors. They didn't really play well together. Like we were still not a great team up front. But then they go to all the to different universities, um, and they're all starters there. Mm-hmm. And so you think about just. And they most of them were five star recruits, and so you think about where, um, like maybe it's not the individual players, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes it's not. Like Thomas Booker is a great defensive lineman. I don't know if he found the success that he otherwise would have at other places. Maybe he found more success at Stanford than he would. Like maybe he just uh, shine really bright because everyone around him wasn't as good. Um, but I think that you know you can't tag a player based on the environment that they're in. Um, and I mean, just like me in high school or even me in college, like who knows if I would have found success if I went elsewhere, if I went to Ivy League, you know. Um, Were you looking at Ivies? I was, I was, um, but I think ultimately, like I was always a West Coast guy. Most, yeah, most like I only applied to one school. I really, I was kind of focused on, um, like I always wanted to go to Harvard, but um, only because of my family. But Stanford, like I'd always been a Stanford fan. My dad had always pumped that narrative into me, despite going to Harvard. And so, um, that's uh, yeah. Looked at the Ivy League, but okay. Um, and it's a again. This has been this has been good. We do we have eight minutes left, so there's so much I had on here that we're not even gonna get to. Um, but that's okay. I'll save the last two minutes for the song segment. I hope you. Oh play. right. Is that did, did no, you, no no no? That's cool. That's cool. We can we can yeah. Did yeah, you yeah. did you play your songs? Theoretically, yeah. It's a yes. Look, I listen to music. It's very black music every day. I know. I know five songs. I okay, five so songs. okay, so we'll save that. But we're not okay. David Beckham doc away from my next guest. All that conversation away from my next guest. I do want to talk about though. Again, last weekend was all weekend. Oh, yes. thank God. Yeah, yes. no, I, I didn't <laughs> want to talk about this. Um, about this. what one? How's your Halloween weekend in general? Um, and actually, we'll start there. How, how was the weekend for you? Hollow weekend, this was one of the better Hollow weekends that I've had. Um, I typically am, you know, Halloween and New Year's Eve are always the most overrated. Two holidays. of the most overrated yeah. days, especially in New York. Especially in New York. Um, New Year's Day is always special for me because I'm from Pasadena. We have a parade. It's beautiful. I spend it with my family. It's great. Um, New Year's Eve is always, you're always chasing a party that's never as good as like it never lives up to the expectation yes halloween is similar having halloween on a weekend but not the actual day was weird that but that, that always happens though feels like i feel like in in our adult life when was the last time halloween actually fell on a weekend Has, real I think, yeah i think it's been a while fair but i thought it was good it was always birthday um and great to celebrate um I didn't have a Halloween costume. I, I actually I was a gingerbread man. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, I was a gingerbread man. So I, I think that was a great night. Um, celebrate! I always love celebrating birthdays, celebrating other people' your birthday as well. Like I, I I love that and just you know focusing on one. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of, of birthdays. Yeah. Um, 
But overall, I think Halloween is just overrated. I agree. And I remember, because this was our second Halloween weekend living in New York, I remember the hype around the first one last year and being like, oh my God, my first Halloween in New York City. Yeah. Everyone's signing out all these different ticketed events and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so fun. Here's the thing about New York City. It's the baseline is always fun yeah. every weekend. And you expect that these certain weekends will be elevated that much more. But in reality, it's They're just more bad. of the same. And actually, it's more, expensive. it's more expensive. It's more crowded. And when you expect things to be better, you yeah. actually just end up being disappointed. Yeah. So all the biggest weekends, in particular, Hollow Weekend and New Year's, yeah. actually are very underwhelming. And so this year, I told myself, I am not going to a non-residential place this weekend. <laughs> I'm not yeah. buying a ticket to anything. If someone doesn't live there, I'm not going there. I was able to stick to that and had a very good weekend as a result. Yeah. And so going forward, that is going to be my same mindset. If there's no house party to go to, I'm not going out. I had a costume. I was Creed. It was a big hit. Liked it a lot. I had some chest out. It felt good. Okay, champ. I, you know, hey, man. Hey, okay, man. I, hey, man. I was in the gym. I never work out on Fridays, but that Friday I was oh, in the I gym. Yeah. I was doing push-ups for it. Why not? Like, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and then this... So, yeah, this this... Coming New Year's, I'm also very much so like, ah, I hope there's some good house parties. Yeah. Because if not, I might just sit home in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't need, I'm not going to pay a lot for a night that's just like every other, every other night. Especially now that it's, it's, we've hit the cold part of the year. Yeah. It's chilly. This was the first actually like cold week. Like, I got my Uggs out, you see? When okay. when I break these out, that's when you know it's fun. It's, okay. it's cool. Hey, man. People trying to make fun of my Uggs. I'm like, I love nah, my never. Uggs. I lie. They're yep. so comfortable. Yep. It's like walking on a cloud. Yep. Shout out Uggs. Sponsor me one day. Um, <laughs> it's that time of the year. Yeah. The first full year in New York City, I was very much to like go out all the time. I'm so content now. I'm so okay. I don't need to go out like that. I'm so okay, <laughs> I'm bro. So good. I'm I was so in bed at 11:30 last night. Yeah. Amazing. Today's a friend's birthday, so like I might be out late, but even then I might just still be in bed by midnight. Yeah. We're like seasoned New York City guys now. So, if there's nothing worth getting out of my house for, especially when it's cold, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Why am I taking a puffy jacket out and then throwing on some couch or checking it? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, what Once it I hits coat check season, keep yeah. me keep me in the crib. I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't okay. I don't need to go I'm okay. out. I'm okay. Um, okay. This is yeah, a lot we didn't get to, but that just shows how great the conversation was, yeah. how great the episode was. I don't even know why it took me this long to get you on. I I don't I think we were planning brunch and I was like, hold on, you didn't even come on the podcast. Yes. Gotta come on, gotta come on, go with the flow. I appreciate it. Um but thanks for coming on the way we'll wrap song segment. So I have this is the only recurrent segment on the show. I'm trying to get more. So if you could think of things, you know, uh, yeah, let me know. And also, if you can think of any people who would be good guests on the show, let me know. Any and everyone's welcome. Because as you see, we just kind of shoot the shit. Yep. Anyone can come on. Yep. But the one recurrent segment on the show, I ask my guests to come up with five songs to describe who they are as a person. I leave it very up for interpretation. And so just say the song and say the reason. As you can see, not everyone always preps for it. Some are better than others. I look But I like no, 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 it's hey, no okay, need to explain right, yourself. All right, all right. The floor is yours. Give us the song and give us the explanation. Okay. I'm a I'm a big believer in spontaneity. Um so first song, uh <laughs> the first song is the Boondocks theme song. 
Okay. We talked about it a little earlier. I'm the soul that the builder refused. I am the inspiration that made ladies and gentlemen. Okay, okay. I'm just about to make a lot of good right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, I used that for my high school application. I don't know if I used that for my college application. Wait, what do you mean you used it? Like, there was a, I applied to Harvard Westlake, um, private school in LA, um, and they asked a song that describes you. Mm-hmm. Um, I used it then, and I never knew why I picked it. Um, and so on my way to the interview, um, my mom asked me, well, what was, what was the song you picked? You need to be able to speak to it, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know what the lyrics meant. And so my dad, um, they were just screaming at me to, like, figure, to find some <laughs> meaning in the song. Um, and eventually I found it. Um <laughs> Don't remember it, but eventually I found it, um, and ultimately, like, I mean, I decided not to go, but it was, uh, that that song is, is special to me. It's, you know, I grew up watching the show. I watched it with my best friend, um, and we watched it together, and it was, it was, I don't know, it, it, it taught me, so, it taught me a lot. It just taught me a lot. Um, uh, the second song is I'm a Bee by the Black Eyed Peas. Um, that song speaks for itself. I, I don't think I need to explain that. I... It was like, you're, you're gonna be, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be. Um, uh, Butter by Tribe Called Quest. Um, I love old school hip hop. It's you know, people ask me about new Drake, new this, new that. Um, I like Gunna, but like that's probably the only new music I listen to, and Young Dolph. Um, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but Tribe Called Quest, Wu Tang Clan, those are my favorite artists, um, probably of all time. Um, and so I Butter is just a song. Butter, check the rhyme. Like those songs just speak uh, to me. Just old school lyrics. People don't curse. Like it's just they're flowing and and having fun and rapping about like just daily life. And and I, I and sometimes with so much more meaning behind it. Um, and sometimes not. Uh, but butter is it's you know smooth like butter. That's that's the third third song. That was your third, yeah. Uh, fourth song. Fourth song is uh, "What's Her Name" by Green Day. Um, I listen to a lot of Green Day. I listen to a lot of rock music okay. and um, yacht rock, soft rock. Um, Wait, what was the first thing you said? Young rock. Yacht, yacht rock. What is a yacht? It's music rock? of the summer. It's uh, yacht. It's oh, like a uh, literally a yacht rock. Yeah, yeah. Rock yeah. for a yacht. Rock for. It. Oh, yeah. What? Like Toto. Um, a lot of. Uh, oh my God, can't remember the the name. Steely Dan. Um. It's just good. I'm forgetting like the most uh, pina colada like that. Okay, you might be putting me out here. Free, like, my single favorite thing to do in the world is to be drinking on a boat. On a boat. I've been to music. Yeah. I've never listened to Yacht Rock. Yeah. You might have just done something for me. No, okay. Yacht Rock is, is, is a great genre, but but What's Her Name is is like speaks to, it's not necessarily Yacht Rock, but it's it encompasses the whole genre. And, and if you listen to the lyrics, you'll kind of understand like that's... It's just a great song. I listen to it with my associate in the office late at night, and it's just, it's a great song. Um, and then the last song uh, is, <laughs> I was flipping between Young Dolph and, and and Island music, and I have to pick an Island song. Like, it just- That's only right. It's it's my personality. I want to shout out my, you know, my, my cousin and, and everything that she's done for the genre. But um, Adrenaline by Boy Boy, I don't. I don't know if anybody's gonna know what that song is. I don't personally um, know, but <laughs> it is. It is a dance hall song from Trinidad, a Trinidadian artist, and it just like it gets me going every single time. Every time, doesn't matter what mood I'm in. Like, it's 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 a great tune. It's a the, great tune. I highly recommend it uh, to any Trinidadians out there. Um, but yeah, those are those are my five. There you go. And well, again, one of the reasons I love doing the segment is it puts. I love. 
hearing how people think about it because people do it all different ways. And it puts me on a new music because I did not know three of the songs you said, but now I get to go and I get to listen to them. Yep. But, Cam, thank you for coming on the show. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Um, yeah, any final words for the people? No, man, I think, I think what you're That's, doing I think, is great. I think what you're doing is great. I think this is great content. I, I hope... I hope you enjoy this and I hope the people on the show feel feel welcome and people listening like you know it's just it's just a good conversation and I, I I don't know maybe it's inspirational maybe it's not maybe it's interesting maybe it's not but uh I think formats like this and not necessarily like in a platform or with an agenda but just like good it's, talks just it's, talking maybe it's just for us and it's yeah, good exactly you know? yeah and I do I can confirm I do love doing this that's yeah. why I keep doing it I will keep doing it as I said as long as people will come on, go with the flow. But yeah, this is, I agree with what you said. This is a great medium. Love podcasting. Glad I discovered it. This kind of, go with the flow. It's here to stay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.